There is a hearing today in the Brian Koberger matter as to whether they're going to allow cameras in the courtroom. The Pennsylvania escapee has been captured. Crime is coming to your neighborhood. Let me give you an example. Alec Murdoch is due in court tomorrow and another mother of the year contestant and then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment. Hit that bell. And remember, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Let's go ahead and get to the docket today. So let's open the record for September 13th of 2023. First on the docket, Brian Koberger. Should there be cameras in the courtroom? Well, Brian Koberger goes to court today. And the judge is going to hear testimony on the defense's motion to ban cameras from the courtroom and opposition to that motion from multiple news media outlets. Now, while the defense is going to argue that the media outlets were blatantly violating a previous order about how they could visually cover the trial, including allegations that some tabloid-style media outlets used sensational headlines while amateur criminologists took images from the proceedings and focused them on Koberger's crotch area. Now, prosecutors said that they were obviously uh, concerned that cameras would stifle witnesses who were already slated to testify on very sensitive and difficult testimony that could come forth in the trial. And the prosecution is, quote, concerned that allowing the presence of cameras in the courtroom will have a substantial chilling effect on the ability of the witnesses to openly, fully, and candidly testify about some horrible occurrences. Now, in complete political gobbledygook mode, the prosecutor states the state fully understands the enormous value that responsible media has in helping the public to understand the true facts of what occurs in court. But he says the state believes, however, that those ends can be accomplished without the need for camera and video images or the physical presence of a camera even in the courtroom. Wow. Well, at least 20 media organizations, including the Associated Press, the Idaho Press Club, CNN, NBC, and multiple other outlets, have filed motions in opposition to the defense motion, arguing that they had faithfully followed the court's instructions about courtroom coverage, including the order not to focus exclusively on Mr. Koberger, and that any violations of those instructions were not legitimate members of the media. The media argues in their motion, uh, and, and they state that Mr. Koberger has argued that he is entitled to defend himself against capital charges without cameras focusing on his fly. That's right. One of the, well, I'll explain. Anyway, no photographs or camera coverage is focused on Mr. Koberger's fly, the uh, motions state. Rather, some random ex-user, aka Twitter, modified a photograph showing Mr. Koberger and a deputy entering the courtroom by cropping it to a very small size focused on his belt and adding reference to Mr. Koberger's fly. Even the cropped photograph does not focus on Mr. Koberger's fly 
And the news media organizations uh, have said that uh, members of the public who are interested in but unable to attend these proceedings should not have their access to live court TV proceedings curtailed simply because of social media posts made by one or a few unknown individuals. We'll let you know how the hearing goes today. We've done a lot of shows about balancing the right of a defendant's right to a fair trial. Oh, and not suppressing the First Amendment to the Constitution. That's right. So obviously, we're not going to be shy about it. We believe that the cameras should be in there. It should be for the world to see. And um, we'll see if the judge has enough guts to do it. Next on the docket, that Pennsylvania escapee has been captured, that Daniello Cavalcante. Well, he's been subdued by canines, ending a two-week-long manhunt. Now, Cavalcante was captured by police after he was subdued by the canines, ending this uh, manhunt where, frankly, the police have looked a little silly. Well, officials then released a uh, photo of the police dog that captured uh, the killer, who was bitten and uh, treated for his injury at the scene. Now, after a bloodied Cavalcante was captured, the SWAT officers in the uh, team paraded him like a trophy uh, and lined up uh, for uh, photos uh, with him. Good for him. They were hunting him down. He's lucky he's not dead. Anyway, Cavalcante has uh, broken into many suburban homes for food, changed his appearance, and fled under gunfire with a rifle that he stole from a home. Now, police have used as much as thermal imaging uh, to try and uh, pinpoint, and they did this from an aircraft to try and find his location, and they ultimately used um, police on the ground to capture Cavalcante. Now, the state police were seen uh, posing with the native Brazilian after his capture, and, um, well, let's just put it this way. Mr. Cavalcante should prepare for a very unpleasant quality of life in prison where he will remain the rest of his days. When you escape, yes, you will be in maximum security for a long, long time. It's going to, he's never going to have a time when he is not escorted or being watched by somebody. Next, ladies and gentlemen, crime is coming to your neighborhood. Let me give you an example. There was a situation the day where a woman had to call 911 and she was whispering to the 911 operator from a closet in her home in California because four masked robbers burst into the home, tied up the remainder of her family and held them all at gunpoint. Now the uh, heavily armed group of men burst into an Orange County home late Monday night and ordered that the family hit the floor. The robbers used a stun gun to subdue the only male in the house and demanded to know where the family kept all of their valuables. Well, like I said, the woman got away and she was upstairs in a closet and she whispered uh, on the 911 call, uh, telling him that the four mass robbers tied up the rest of her family and have held them at gunpoint. One adult woman was managed to uh, hide and call 911, Police did arrive rather quickly to see the family was still tied up in the gang running away from the house. Now, they were able to catch one guy, a 29-year-old guy uh, by the name of Danny Sommay, S-O-M-M-A-Y, after he was seen throwing a gun over a brick wall. The police ultimately recovered and found a 9 millimeter handgun, 
which had been reported stolen as well. But the rest of the gang got away and the search is on. They used police helicopters and police uh, on the ground, combing the nearby Huntington Beach area. This is a pretty decent neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking million dollar homes. Anyway, Mr. Sommet was booked into the Orange County Jail on charges of kidnapping, robbery, burglary, conspiracy to commit felony possession of a loaded and stolen firearm, and all this taking place with an armed criminal action. Guess what his bond was? Even in the state of California, guess what? One million dollars cash. He's a danger to the community, ladies and gentlemen. He should not be out amongst the civilized. That's just the way it is. Now, the uh, police department has not stated anything about what was stolen in the raid or why the family was targeted. Um, and the family's condition, as of right now, we're assuming they're okay because we have not heard otherwise. Ladies and gentlemen, be afraid. This is going to become more and more common. Years ago, I had a case where, let's just say, some individuals were unhappy that a debt was not paid off. And let's say that they went in with long guns and literally kidnapped a person from a store, held them for ransom. The ransom was paid. Ultimately, the police caught the people. Um, and it was all because of a debt that was owed. Let's just say a couple people south of the border were involved. Maybe some gangs of some type. Let's just put it that way. That was many, many years ago. And I said, this is going to become more and more common. And I'm telling you, you've seen more and more cases like this. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the one thing that separates, that's supposed to separate kind of the United States from other parts of the world? Three little words, the rule of law. I guess that's four in that one, but rule of law. There you go. That's the three. Looks like Alec Murdoch is getting the band back together again. He is going to be in court tomorrow for a status hearing in a case involving a, a soon upcoming trial uh, where he faces charges for allegedly stealing insurance payments made um, for the family of his late housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. Obviously, if those you've been following this case, uh, Gloria Satterfield was Alec Murdoch's housekeeper down there at Moselle, and she died after complications related to a fall at the Murdoch Moselle property back in 2018. And Murdoch had attempted to waive his right to appear in person uh, for this Thursday court appearance. However, the judge, Judge Newman, said, oh, no, no, pack your bags out of DOC, you're coming to court. And so he is going to be in court tomorrow. At the hearing, the attorneys are expected to set a trial date for both of the charges stemming from the Satterfield's case and charges that Murdoch stole money from his uh, friend, Jordan Jinx. Now, like I said, it's like the band's getting back together again. Uh, Murdoch's former friend, Corey Fleming, you know, remember Mr. Fleming, who was once Murdoch's college roommate, is facing sentencing after he pled guilty to conspiring with uh, Mr. Murdoch to steal clients' uh, monies uh, from for him, his former friend. Uh, Mr. Fleming pled guilty to 23 criminal charges and will be sentenced on Thursday. The uh, two are likely going to be joined by Russell Lafitte, the other Murdoch former friend, 
and former president of the Palmetto State Bank, who was similarly charged with financial crimes he allegedly uh, committed with Alec Murdoch. Remember, he got sentenced in federal court. Now, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall in that holding cell if they are all held together? I sure would. I would love to see it because that's probably where they're going to get to meet. Uh, they probably won't get to communicate outside. Now, in all honesty, the sheriff is going to keep them all separated, is my guess. But wouldn't you love to see those three get back together again? We've got the band back together again. Russell, <laughs> Alec, how you doing, buddy? Oh, we almost got away with it. We were this close to getting away with it. Next, a... Mother of the Year contestant. And for those who maybe are new to the show, I'm being facetious when I say this woman is a contestant for the Mother of the Year Award. Okay? So a Florida mom was charged with child neglect for allegedly abandoning, abandoning her two-year-old son while she left the car running so she could go for a swim. That lasted about 45 minutes because she wanted to meet the sharks. So Allison Daughtry was taken into custody when police were alerted by witnesses who saw her allegedly leave her son in a car while she went swimming off a pier at about 1030 in the morning. According to the witness, Ms. Daugherty, who is listed as transient on the arrest record, parked her car near the pier and turned up the radio before jumping into the water. 20 minutes later, the passerby noticed the small boy crawling around the vehicle, which was running but at least it had the air conditioner on. Well, a group fishing off the pier also reportedly yelled, warning to avoid their hooks, just for Ms. Daughtry to say she wanted to get hooked and would want to meet the sharks, noting that the sharks are often seen in these waters, apparently. Well, needless to say, the police ultimately arrived, and she reportedly swam out even farther before she was actually brought ashore in a rescue boat. Well, Ms. Doherty had at least left the, uh, like I said, left the toddler in the car for roughly 44 minutes by the time she was returned to shore. And well, police records show that Ms. Doherty remains in custody on one count of child neglect on leaving a child unattended in a vehicle for in excess of 15 minutes. Now, what's kind of sad here is, and hopefully the child is in the care of protective services, because I don't think Ms. Doherty had the means in which to take care of her child. Why do you say that, Scott? Well, because she's been unable to make a bond of $250. And today, our dumb criminal of the day. And shockingly, I'm not sure what it is down there in Florida, and I love Florida, ladies and gentlemen, but they sure got a lot of dumb criminals. Anyway, a Florida man is accused of stealing and crashing an excavator into a Walmart in Gainesville, Florida. Please meet our contestant today, Jesse Smith. Well, he's charged with grand theft, property damage, resisting an officer, and trespassing. Now, police say that Mr. Smith entered a work site, was able to somehow hotwire the excavator, and then took it for a ride. He took out a power pole before crashing it through the Walmart. He also crashed it into multiple buildings at a nearby store. Now, Smith reportedly caused roughly $2 million in damages. Wow. Wow, Mr. Smith, that is dumb. That is dumb. Not sure why. Maybe he used to do this job. Maybe no reason as to why he did it, but maybe. 
some reason, maybe we just don't know. Maybe reminiscing old times, always wanted to do as a kid, didn't get a Tonka toy when he was as a child. I don't know. Well, his wish came true. And now he'll be paying restitution for the rest of his life that let's face it, he'll never actually pay of $2 million. Mr. Smith, that's dumb. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Have a great day, not just a good day. And we'll see you next time on Crime Talk.